Welcome to Behind the Remodeler, brought to you by KM Builders. I'm Keith Maley, and my co-hosts today are Justin Bravo and Scott Frazier. And we're going to be talking about fiber cement siding and installation on the fifth episode of Behind the Remodeler. Keith Maley is the founder and owner of KM Builders, which is the largest residential design-build renovation firm in San Antonio and surrounding areas. Since 2003, he has hosted a live iHeartRadio show every Saturday at 2 p.m., where he's known as the local expert in the remodeling industry. The Behind the Remodeler podcast allows Keith to pull back the curtain on KM Builders' processes, such as how they differentiate themselves from others in the industry, why they choose the particular products they offer, installation details, as well as in-depth discussions with other industry experts. And now, here's Keith Maley in Behind the Remodeler. Welcome back and thanks for listening to Behind the Remodeler. Our co-host Justin and Scott Frazier here is our special guest. Thank you for having me. Yep, and as we said, Justin Bravo's our normal co-host and he's back with us today. I'm back and there's three of us. There's three today. This is a triple threat. This is triple fun, triple <laughs> everything today. Like this is a triple scoop of... Um, siding, I, I don't know. I, I wish I had something better than that. But Scott, <laughs> yes. I'm excited to have you on. Um, tell us, what's your background? Siding, like you're, you're the siding man. So in 1994, I went to work for Amory, which was the subsidiary for Sears at the time, and started selling vinyl siding. That's all it was around uh, back in 94. Yeah. And as the industry evolved... Uh, when everyone started hearing about Hardy Plank, you naturally had a lot of vinyl siding guys out there that were fighting it all the way, tooth and nail, because number one, it was more expensive, and it was it was easy for them, not having all the education, just to say, ah, it's too heavy for your house. Mm-hmm. Oh, it cracks real easy. Oh, you have to one. paint it. Oh, they came up with all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't until 2005 when I started working with a company here in San Antonio and uh, they were they pretty much um, uh, hit Hardy Plank really hard, and I fell in love with it. And, mm. and the more you get to know about the product, the more you realize that it is um, it's a better alternative for the for the client. In my opinion, that's what I would prefer uh, for the house. And that's the way we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, did you, you know, Keith? I mean, going from I used vinyl? to install. Yeah, back in those days, I was installing. Um, we started. Came builders in 1984, but I was still doing a lot of the work. And as that came into the late 80s, I think it was in the late 80s that that Hardy that Hardy Plank or fiber cement in general started entering the market. And we didn't like it at all. It was it was so unconventional to all the tools we were using. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you don't know how to install this product, you're going to have problems with it. Mm-hmm. And so we did have problems with it. And so did everybody else. And, and of course, it, it changed over, over the years. It got better, tools got better. They made better tools to do it. And then of course, knowledge of how to install it got better. So uh, I can honestly say that, that my opinion of it has completely done a 180 on it. And I do believe that it is a much superior product to anything we were using. And, and of course, my whole philosophy on what we're gonna do changed too from Hey, do we do we just want to make what's easy for me to install, or we want to do what's best for the client? Mm-hmm. And that's where we got with in our business was we stopped working for builders, which I was more concerned about when I was working for a builder. What's easiest for us to make money at? And certainly, fiber cement was not 
one of our favorites. Yeah, they weren't paying us any more to install it, but it was harder. So that was a good reason to get people not to like it. You could run and gun on vinyl pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Yeah, it wasn't actually vinyl. We were doing wood sidings okay. and um, you know different composition types of sidings, mm -hmm. cedar sidings and so forth too. But uh, that was a lot easier to use. It's lighter weight, it's faster, you can nail it up quickly. But it doesn't hold up nearly as well. And, and as I became and transitioned my company into remodeling, then I was looking for what is really going to appeal to a homeowner? What's going to give them the motivation to stop, you know, to, to put something into something that would look beautiful and that would hire me to go ahead and put it on for them? And one of the things is less maintenance. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big ones right there. Mm -hmm. So, so I, that, that I think has changed most people's outlook on it. Once the, the acceptance got into the market that this is a very good product, and, and I know Scott and I both have been around long enough to know, and you too, Justin, that, that there's some products that come out, and we just have to wait and see if this is really going to be worth anything. And, of course, there's been class action lawsuits and, uh, about a lot of different products, even some uh, Fiber cement manufacturers now have class action lawsuits against them. Right. I mean, it's huge. You get you when new product comes out, all of a sudden the hype, you know, and then you get initially a lot of the builders who want to just be part of the hype, so they jump on board very quickly, um, and then the advertising dollars spent around those companies to launch that new product or idea, and it hasn't really proven itself in the market. You know, how long do you think it was before Hardy really proved itself, and you found that taking over? Well, I mean, it's hard to say, but I think after five years of in the market, we all kind of realized it was sticking around. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, and and we had already kind of gotten adjusted our thinking on. Well, you know, we it's not new to us anymore. We're gonna we're we're getting better at this, and and then after ten years, I mean, it was it was really established, and and the product actually started looking better. Started. Uh, actually holding holding up Absolutely. better to the handler we started realizing what the weaknesses were and how to protect it mm -hmm. you know if you if you try to work with that stuff while it's wet it's gonna it's gonna be a problem mm -hmm. so just this just one example then the tools improved at the same time within 10 years the, the tools had improved and you kind of also knew that if you didn't install it you were going to be left out well, they had established such a solid brand. I mean, it was, no one was asking for cement fiberboard because there are other products, you know, similar that have a similar compo you know, composure of it. But it was like everyone's asking for Hardy. You know, like, tell me about Hardy. Do you do James Hardy? Do you install that? So, I mean, they really established themselves as the, kind of the market leader in that category. When did you transition into uh, fiber cement, Scott? 2005. Mm. So 13 years go. ago. Yes. And then it was unique because, well, it wasn't unique. It was actually, when you look back at it now, it's kind of the norm. When a product like that comes out really well branded as Hardy Plank, it wasn't, but maybe two years down the road, there was another product out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I won't mention the name, yeah. but uh, uh, it, we tried it out because it just, it was a little bit, just a tiny little bit lesser expensive on mm -hmm. the material. And we wanted to have a price, um, we wanted to have a justification for dropping price. So the company was going to take a lower GP or gross profit margin, mm -hmm. and we were going to be able to justify a lower price because the material was less. And then we heard back from our installers. We went and looked at that particular product. There was a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, the, the installers were like, man, this stuff is flimsy, mm -hmm. you know, and we'd look at it. And the, the wood grain was a little bit different. It still had a nice wood grain, but it just did not lay as nice on the wall 
as the hardy plank product did. Yeah, you see some of those photos of uh, bad plank installations where it looks like a potato chip, nice waves yeah. you know, going down the wall. I mean, maybe if you're painting it a nice blue, it looked like the ocean, but it, it looks wavy on some of those installs. And a lot of times it's installation. Okay. Not a just the product. Yes. Okay. Not just the product. Yes. But you're right, Justin. There were products that just wouldn't hold up. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say it this way. Some of the products that were out there, some of the different brands of fiber cement siding, were a lot harder to install mm-hmm. because they were too fragile. And you wasted a lot more material to get it up. And I think that probably if you could get it up and you installed it and didn't get the cracking and so forth, it's probably still hanging on today. We hope so. But uh, it was a lot harder to not get mm-hmm. it to crack or break or to, or to delaminate because you had to handle it so gently. And so you ended up wasting more time to avoid those problems. Now, there's probably plenty of people who just said, forget that, I'm just installing it, and if it gets if it's cracked, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times the homeowner can't see that. It gets covered up, and the cracks are underneath the next row, And but eventually, yeah, those it a shows. lot of those jobs started shifting, and started sagging, and pulling down, and people are wondering why, because they didn't see it when it was new, and they almost don't even think it's a, manu- uh, I mean, installer problem. Mm-hmm. Now, the manufacturer gets its, can back out of it completely. He said, look, it wasn't installed properly. You cracked it, you nailed it too close or whatever, or they over they overdrove the, the fastener. Mm-hmm. And that's almost impossible to prove, to disprove. Mm-hmm. So, so what happened with those people is they don't have a warranty. And the only chance that they get have of getting anything back is if there was a class action lawsuit. Mm. And of course we know that's not a lot of fun to go through and your chances of getting fully compensated are probably slim. I would imagine, you know, kind of all walks of life. I mean, installation is always going to be key. I mean, you could buy the best part for your car, and, you know, if your mechanic doesn't really know what he's doing, he doesn't put it in right, you know, or doesn't tighten it quite up, you know, the um, you know to the specs of the manufacturer, all of a sudden that thing's going to fail. For sure. But in this case, you're dealing with two, two hits. The product is inferior in many cases. People were jumping around not knowing which brand was really the best, and a lot of it was truly just... Mm-hmm. Not not having enough knowledge in the industry of what was going to be the one to take. I mean, is it going to be beta disc or is it going to be VHS? Yeah, What's it going yeah, to be? You know, yeah. and uh, and people didn't know which which one was going to be or how many there would be that were really good. And so, you take a chance. You think, hey, this is looking like a great product. It it feels the same. And, and I'll honestly tell you that there was one that that we used for a good while that we actually liked installing better than Hardy Plank. We liked the way that it, it attached to the wall mm-hmm. better. We liked the way it cut better. We liked everything about it better. And it was just a little less than Hardy. Mm. Now, that ended up having a class action lawsuit against it. And honestly, I don't even know why. And I don't think that it was across the board. Mm-hmm. But when they went into and changed the, the owners, uh, the company sold out. And uh, I, I don't know if all of their product ended up being class action lawsuit, but as soon as the company decided they weren't going to be manufacturing anymore and went to another manufacturer, I said, well, that doesn't look good, so we're going to go back to Hardy. Gotcha. So, I mean, so even products that we thought were actually performing just as well have had problems with, with uh, manufacturing and or by being bought out, uh, being yeah. 
Well, it's kind of, it, it, I mean, it was a good correlation you did between that and the beta. I mean, it was even like the HD DVDs and the Blu-rays back in the day. Like, everybody was either Team HD DVD or Team Blu-ray out buying the players, yeah. buying Which the one did end up winning? I don't know. Blu-rays won. Blu-rays won. Blu-rays There's won. no HD. HD DVD is not a, not uh-huh. a thing, you know? And, yeah. and I mean, you, if you bought those discs back then, I mean, like the old laser discs. I mean, uh-huh. there's so many, like, formats you want to be an early adopter, but then sometimes you're an earlier payer. For putting that out, I went way back when I said beta, didn't I? I, I, I still know what you meant. <laughs> that almost predated you there. Well, I thought it would be nice because then you speak to one, yeah, aspect and you of the speak to another. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't into any of those anyway, so no, no, now it's all digital anyway. It's just download the movie and enjoy it. So, no, not the um, now as far as you know, Hardy's concerned, like, I mean. I'd like to talk more about installation because, it, you know, like you said, you hit on that seemed to be really kind of an important aspect of having the final product look amazing and, and hold up. You know, what what are the steps for doing it right? Well, I'll let you talk, Scott, and then I've, I've been an installer myself, so I'll be glad to, to compliment what, what uh, Scott says. Go ahead, Scott. I know you, you're really big on pointing that out to a client, that installation is so huge. Yeah, it is because when you go from doing, let's just say you're doing hardy plank on new construction, naturally the difficulty level on a scale of one to ten, it's going to be about a six. You know, for new construction, it's a lot easier. Uh, when you're dealing with replacement, I mean, there's so many things that happen to that house over the years, and it adds the difficulty level automatically jumps to a ten. I mean, you really need to be a skilled um, installation guy and really follow the specifications and. Where there is um, sometimes decisions made that is more for the company's benefit versus the customer's benefit, I think we fall into the right at the beginning stage. Like, you got to make a determination: Do we leave the surface that is on the house currently? Do we leave that there? Mm-hmm. Do we go over that, or do we cut some of it out, or do we just tear it all off the entire house? Have you seen people who are all or nothing in this business? Oh, many, many people will do that. And the reason why I believe that is, is just coming from the sales side, sometimes sales guys want to specify things differently. And it's not always the way they specify it is not always the customer's benefit. Mm-hmm. It's more for their benefit. Sure. Give you an example. One, they want to be different. Number two, they want to, might want to drive the price up. So if you have a house that has some really good surface to nail to and just some rot here mm-hmm. and there, strongly recommend don't tear off every single bit of siding on that entire home. Don't mm-hmm. tear off good sheathing that's not rotted that's laying very nice and flat Mm -hmm. cut out the pieces that are rotted go back with the sheathing of the same thickness Mm -hmm. that's what I believe is right for the customer because you're not asking them to go above and beyond and get ridiculous you know what I mean do the overkill sure which is gonna hurt the pocketbook a little bit now I have ran across homeowners that's their personality type there's like Scott I appreciate what you're telling me Mm -hmm. man really you're being honest with me the last guy was just hell-bent on tearing it all off and he said actually that's the route I would rather go because it's I'm you know yeah. I'm OCD and and I just want it all tore off absolutely and, and yeah, naturally the homeowners you know we're gonna do whatever they want but to go in there initially I think just go in there and just you know for specification determine the structure uh, or the the condition of the siding determine whether or not you're gonna get to a full tear off or partial tear off so on that would be the first step and as an example of that you know a lot of people have what's called t111 siding it's a four by eight sheet of siding it is a plywood a plywood construction a lot of people don't know that but it has little grooves accenting grooves it's typically four by eight sheets and that is a an acceptable nailing substructure for mm-hmm. hardy now of course there are steps that we take and that's what scott's talking about is that we can look at the condition of that 
and in almost every case it has to be renailed. Mm -hmm. Hardy requires and anyone who's who's following any type of codes in the National Codes uh, IRC, the International Residential Code, would have to nail that off with a really good fastener. We prefer a ring shank fastener whenever we're doing that. That way you can use a slightly smaller nail, which means you're not likely to catch wiring or anything in there when you're netting to the studs. Mm -hmm. But it really holds it down tight. I mean, it sucks that up really tight and smooth, and then you can actually hammer it, uh, beat on it a little bit, and tap it in even tighter. And what we're trying to achieve is something that is not only really fastened on mm -hmm. securely, but also very, very straight. Because whatever that contour of that wall is, is going to be telegraphed through the next layers that we put on. Okay. And so in some cases, just to elaborate, we find places that are buckled, that can't be pulled down, some that have shown signs of rot or delamination. Mm -hmm. And in those cases, we're going to cut it out and go stud to stud, and then we're going to put in a equivalent thickness of material that, that is another substitute, okay. another good sub uh, sheathing level. Uh, it's, a, it's a good level, another product that you can nail hardy to. It probably won't be the same as the T111 because we don't need to use that. We just need to get it to the same thickness. Mm -hmm. We typically use an OSB or plywood. Mm -hmm. And that evens it all out, same thickness. And then as we put the, the moisture barrier, vapor barrier mm -hmm. on there, and, and that's very, very important. Um, that it, and a lot of people do not install that correctly. They're not either using a shingling effect when they're doing that, a good overlap that allows moisture to run down, or they're not taping joints or, or doing the required overlap. And that's a, that, that overlap is required on horizontal laps and vertical laps and, and or doing the taping. So we're, we're really careful about that. And of course, another critical, probably the most critical area is once you've done those laps, then if you don't do the flashing on the windows correctly. Uh, flashing around the windows, even whether it's existing windows or whether you're putting in new windows, it doesn't matter. When we do siding on a home, we have to be concerned about how we're flashing those windows. Now, as far as, you know, you talked about like if you had like little pits or divots or bows or something like that, that's standard practice for KM to go and try to flatten that base out. I mean, you're going to go and just cut that out and that you're using OSB or something like that to Absolutely. kind of create kind of a flat base to go on to. Yes. And, you know, we have a great example. We just had a customer on Friday that I exchanged some emails with and he was asking me, he was concerned that we were only going to cut out the parts that were rotted and bowed. Mm -hmm. And I shared with him what specs were and why I recommended that. I, but I also gave him the option and price option. Oh, what would it be? We just tear everything off and go back with OSB. Mm -hmm. We're happy to do that. Okay. But he was he, he was like most homeowners would be. He's like, hey, Scott, I don't want to. We don't need to do it. Let's don't, yeah, let's don't spend all this money or invest all this money. We don't need to invest. And he was like, oh, well, no, I trust you. You know, I know you're, you know, you're going to do it right. Um, and so that that's the only... Kind of gray area that you can get into in our industry mm -hmm. sometimes have a sales guy or have a sales guy go in there and he knows it should all be ripped off mm -hmm. yeah because it's you not know? acceptable yeah and he goes and he pitches cutting out certain portions here and yeah. there well that's a homeowner hopefully i that's retired that can stay there all day long and watch that whole process because i guarantee you they're going to try to cover up a mm -hmm. lot of the rotted and a lot of the soft that's what you don't want. Yeah, that's what you don't want is the extreme sales guy that's like, hey, I know I can only get this job if I'm the cheapest guy. Mm -hmm. You know, and, that's, he, exactly and right. that's the only way he can be cheaper. 
is to cut some corners, take some shortcuts, and that's what we hear a lot of in the home improvement industry that homeowners really need to be careful about. You're gonna get your ridiculously low, you're gonna get your ridiculously high. Keith and I visited with a lady, um, a widowed lady here a few weeks ago, who had a, two different hardy plank prices already before we came out there. One of those prices was $14,000 lower than the other price. Mm. And so you get a lot of that going on and that's what makes it no so nerve wracking for homeowners when they're trying to decide, you know, who do I? Who do, who, what company do I choose? You and it's kind of I mean, crazy, right? Out. Because I mean, yeah. the reality is they, everyone pays roughly around the same rate for the product. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it difference. shouldn't cost you too much difference to the instance for you to install, to have your guy, you know, you know, ins- do all the install. So mm-hmm. if there's a dramatic difference in price, mm-hmm. someone's cutting corners or they're uneducated about something and they're, they've mispriced it and they're going to come back anyway, right? Yeah, you could have a sales rep that maybe shortcutted his measurements and didn't measure right. And it, may, it wasn't maybe was, it was an accident, mm-hmm. you know, sure. unintentional. And I promise you, in the middle of that job, <laughs> the owner of that company might be coming out there and knocking on the door and begging you for a change order Absolutely. because they missed four or five squares or whatever they may have missed. So seeing a very, very careful, well put together drawing of the house mm-hmm. with a, where you can show that homeowner that, hey, here's what this wall was, here's what the wall height is. If they can walk a homeowner through that on how they came up with their numbers and their measurements, that's huge and gives great peace of mind. You know what I mean? That Absolutely. really took your time, measured it correctly, and that these numbers are right, Mr. Miss Jones. And we and we get real, really into the detail to educate a client. It's not true just of obviously siding and window installations, but it's true of everything we do at KM Builders where we want we want it, whether it's a design build project or whether it's a simple a simple non design project like siding, we're still going to get into the details like what kind of product is on your wall now? Can it be a subs um, can it be a suitable substrate to nail to? And sometimes it's a really poor MDF, medium density fiber board that will not work. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to say, well, let's just cover that up. We're going to tell you the truth about it. And if, and if you don't want to believe us, or if you want to go ahead and take a chance, then you're going to have to go with someone else and you're probably going to regret it. So what happens? So like, let's say you do go over some soft stuff. I mean, like, what are what are the potential downfalls to that? I mean, what, what are you going to see? Siding falling off the well, wall? Well, that's that's what's scary about this whole process. And I think construction in general is like this. You don't always see those things right away. The right. job can be all 100 complete. Those folks probably work during the day. They never even knew it. The installer gets paid by piece. He gets paid by square. So he still gets paid. He might have said, yeah, I did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then those things sometimes don't pop up for four, five, six, seven years down the road. I mean, not to mention, you know, I don't see every exterior wall in my house all the time. I don't go walk my perimeter. That's right. no, that's I mean, I, I, go, I go to, you know, the water hose occasionally, <laughs> maybe over by this tree, you know, go by the barbecue grill. But, you know, over on that other side, you know, it has, you know my eyes haven't seen that, that and if you have a long time. If you have someone doing your lawn for you, you may, you may never go back there but once a year. With that, I mean, so yeah, a lot of homeowners are in that position to where uh, the lawn guys, that's not his job to tell you what kind of condition is your siding. They don't want to lose their job by making you mad. Yeah. So if they're not <laughs> going to tell you that you're, you're, the side of your house looks like crap, by the yeah, way, ma'am. Yeah, you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're not going to do that. So uh, it, is, it is really something that you want to kind of pay somebody that you trust one time to do it. Go look, walk it at the end, 
but know that you've got a good warranty, not only from the manufacturer, but from the installer and cam builders. And you want to know that they've been around a long time, like 1984 to 2018 is a pretty long record. And uh, they know that we're going to be around for a long time. So we give long warranties. We match, you know, we have really good uh, warranties on war on installation too and workmanship. Now it's interesting that when a person reads reads a warranty, you know, they, they may think it covers everything, but it doesn't. But just going back to to that point, what happens when it's not installed? Mm -hmm. Just to elaborate on what mm -hmm. Scott said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, literally the the siding can start pulling loose. Mm -hmm. Now that's mm -hmm. that's just if if you didn't use the right fastener, if you drove it in the wrong place. Now what do I mean by that? Well there's a limit how close you can get to the edge of the siding. Mm -hmm. And just like when people nail shingles down in the wrong place, they come up a lot easier in high winds. A lot of people don't know that, but where you nail a shingle can not only contribute to a leak, it can also contribute to it not staying down and in certain winds. The same is true with siding. It can actually flap in the winds mm -hmm. and it can actually crack with, with that pressure from the air on the wall. It can actually start, start rattling, it can start torquing those nails in, high, in, in windy conditions. Air is trying, to, it can create a vacuum mm -hmm. and it wants to pull it off the wall. But even without that, sometimes there's just really fine cracks that occur because they nail too close to the edge of the siding. This is not like wood. Even wood, we know, will actually crack also if you mm -hmm. nail it too close to the edge. It's more sensitive than wood. And you have to use corrosion resistant, galvanized or stainless steel nails and fasteners for these products. And a lot of people don't. They, they use the same thing they've used in cedar siding, for example. Mm -hmm. There are still so many people using the wrong fasteners. Then again, the length of the fastener is very important. Why is that so important? Well, one, we do want it to hold up to the wall, but we also want to make sure that we're meeting manufacturer specifications because otherwise your warranty is void from the manufacturer. If you look on Hardy Plank's warranty, it says they warranty for 30 years. In this period of time, they will warranty the product, and the workmanship. But you know what they're not referring to on workmanship? They're not referring to the workmanship of the installer. Yeah. They're talking about the workmanship and making, yeah, yeah. making that product. Mm -hmm. And it says right after that, what it does not include is improper installation. Mm -hmm. So it voids, it is voided by improper installation. So getting down to the length of the fastener, where you can properly attach that fastener, and the type of fastener mm. is all important. So there's it's a false also, sense of security from yeah. homeowners thinking, well, it doesn't really matter who installs this. You know, I've got a hardy mm -hmm. backing this thing up. And you might even have the right fastener, the right length of fastener, and you might be driving it in the right, right place. And you know what else could still go wrong? What's up? You're not driving it into the right product. No, the substrate. The substrate could be wrong. Mm -hmm. And then that voids the warranty too. So a lot of people can do three or two out of four. But if you get only if you get four out of four, do you have a warranty? Mm. Then there's other things that come into play. On, on proper installation, such as waterproofing and shingling effect, um, how closely to the ends and, and the way we flash. Now, KM Builders is the only company that I've seen. I think, Scott, you said the same thing. You've never seen anybody do some of the things we do. That is correct. Yeah, we put a flashing behind every joint of mm -hmm. our hardy plank where it butts, and that flashing is supposed to be in behind it, whether you caulk it or whether you don't. There's supposed to be a flashing in there. And hardy allows you to do either a caulk joint where you leave a little gap between it or you can do a butt joint where you do not caulk it. Mm -hmm. and we like that, that butt method of not caulking. It looks very good if, it, if everything's cut nice and square and, it, and uh, you don't have to worry about any maintenance in there. Now, some people want that caulked and you have to use a really good caulk right on that one. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that seems like a huge part that water could get in. I mean, I mean, if right there where two pieces are meeting, and if it were raining hard enough, I would think it'd be able to get right behind it if you didn't have some kind of flashing or something there. That's right. Now, theoretically, remember your your uh, make moisture your moisture barrier. moisture barrier and your vapor barrier is supposed to allow that water to shed down. Okay. But you don't want to enter any more than necessary. Mm. That would kind of like be like uh, a bricks not having a mortar joint. Okay. Yeah. And. Could it work? Yes, but but almost everything is mortar jointed so that you get less water coming through that that system, and a lot of people don't realize that the real waterproofing on anything is the vapor barrier. What's behind that product? It's the same of roofing. You've told me right. many times. That's your real real waterproofing. These other products are supposed to keep that from being deteriorated. They're supposed to keep it beautiful and not let you penetrate that. Mm -hmm. So so that because there's always condensation under a shingle. Mm -hmm. And that shingle could be uh, asphalt roofing material, or it could be, could be a siding shingle. We call those shakes mm -hmm. when we put them on siding, or even lap siding, or even four by eight sheets. They do get condensation. And again, you can have a little bit coming in between the joints of the siding if you have a flashing there. So we mm -hmm. put a flashing strip behind every one, and then that just makes it exit on the next row. Just like a, it's just like an extra little detail that, that right. you do. I mean, that's, but that's, that kind of is true for all of KM, all the little things that you do. It's just kind of over and, you know, above. Don't you think it comes from, from my background in installing? I think that's probably what makes the difference. Absolutely. I think it's just your, I mean, you're, you always on everything that we do is trying to see what you can do to take it another level. Well, and so, you know, I, I imagine that's the same with the installation of learning. It's very, very natural for me to do that. Uh, and again, I always, and puzzled, why, why aren't other people doing it? And then I have to think, and that's why I was asking you, I guess it's because I was an installer, because I did these things and had that technical mind frame to, mm -hmm. to it and wanting to know the details. As Scott knows that, that he can tell me something, but I'm like, where's the proof? Where's the proof? What is it? Where, where does it show it? I want to I oh, get absolutely. into the technical side. And, uh, and I think it makes us, you know, I know it has made our company a lot stronger. And, the, and like Chad out in the field, I mean, he, he has taught me a lot about it because he's done it for installation for so many more years than I have. I got out of the installation mm -hmm. in, the, in the 90s. I wasn't installing it anymore. And probably in the late 80s and early 90s, I started phasing out of doing the install work because I was running the business. But um, Chad did it a lot longer, him, him and his, his crew. Really, and now of course they, you know, they work exclusively for us. Uh, but but what a what a great source of knowledge on the technical details. He's really good at, at making sure that we're flashing something correctly, something really complicated that could cause a problem. Mm -hmm. He's he's on there watching our project managers and our install teams, giving them advice on how that needs to be sealed. He'll look up something from JLC, the Journal of Light Construction and pull up a diagram and show them, or he'll get our architectural sure. team to, could you do us a drawing for this so we can show our teams, and then we can use it that way from then on. We have the expertise. I mean, with my goodness, with over 500 years experience in our company, we should be able to do that, and that's exactly how we're getting better and better all the time, even on something that many people view as simple as installing siding. Well, people who say that, people who have that attitude, that casual, flipping attitude about installing it, they're probably making many mistakes in my opinion. Oh, pro I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, like, I, you know, I look at it, and I'm like, man, it, it looks simple enough putting it up, just, you know, just keep lapping it over, blah, blah, blah. But I know 
you know, after I see the details that everyone's talking about, what y'all are doing, like I know that it's not something I should be doing by myself. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know that they had, um, like I was on, I went on Hardy's website. I was looking, they've got more than just Hardy plank. They've got all kinds, I mean, then there's like color options. There's all kinds of things. Like Scott, like what are the options? What, what's Hardy got for you? Well, there's the pre-prime product. Um, that's what we use mostly. The, yeah. Yeah. That allows the homeowner to, a little more color, color selection and, mm-hmm. And so on. Plus, it, I, I I like the warranty a little bit better. But then there's a product called Color Plus. Um, it's it's made at the manufacturing facility. And, pre-painted. Um, yeah, it's all pre-painted. It's done in a controlled environment in mm-hmm. the plant. Um, and the paint job looks beautiful. It's got a great finish, a great story. Um, but, but you're yeah. limited to colors on that. Well, yeah. There's there's a good variety though. Yeah, I mean, I've never. I don't believe there's ever been a homeowner out there that's looked at the colors and couldn't find one okay, that they okay. could live with. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. But that's not um, the reason that well, we would talk about it, right? Yeah, I mean, if you uh, do third party research, mm-hmm. uh, like there's a there's a website I think called customeraffairs.com or something like that, and you can kind of look up what people are saying about Color Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some drawbacks of the Color Plus product. I think one of the biggest ones that stands out that kind of jumps out at you is when you read the warranty. I mean, it's prorated, um, it, it doesn't cover. For example, when the material shows up on the job site and the guys are pulling it off the, the, the skid and mm-hmm. they're installing it, naturally all the cuts and nailing that they do, they get end up chipping a little piece of it oh, here yeah. or there or a little piece of paint. That's I'd be I'd be afraid like scratching and it then, or doing well, anything. Yeah, but then they, they get a bottle of touch up and okay. they can touch it up. But when you look at that job at the end of completion, whether it be two weeks later or three weeks later, you can see all those little spots where it was touched up. I mean, it's probably not different than you getting a brand new car and getting a ding or a scratch that's and it. trying to exactly. put trying to use that nail polish type. Yeah. Let me just let me cover it up. Yeah. It, that's, ne- it never that's looks the exactly same. right. You know the factory finish they're almost duplicating like an automotive finish on that siding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like almost something you don't want. It's too perfect. Mm-hmm. And when you have to do a job site application of it, you cannot duplicate that process. You literally have to have a custom automotive painter come in there mm-hmm. and airbrush it. And not just that, because, you know, like when they do this, they use big old air spray booths. You know, oh, and they're yeah. very controlled environments. Very controlled. You know, and that's not something you yeah. can do on this side. Now, in Hardy Plank's defense, and this is just... I, I believe that Color Plus was invented for the sole purpose of those areas in the United States where you only have about five or six months to install siding. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably you, so. You know, because they don't have the time to install it, paint do it, all the necessary it. paint. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just takes time. Um, but it does and get it's pushed. not warm. Right. It does <laughs> get pushed very, very hard here in San Antonio. And actually, if a homeowner will just sit back and allow the company to talk to them about their process... 99% of the companies are going to push Color Plus really hard. Okay. Now, what, yeah. what's the cost difference? I mean, is it, is it much more expensive to go I've Color Plus? I've done research on that. Okay. Uh, the cost is about the same. So if you have um, a company come out that's going to put pre-primed on there, mm-hmm. and it's Which going to use... it's not painted. Yeah. Okay. Painted on site. Right. And going to use a, a... There's some lifelong coatings out there that you can use from Sherwood-Williams. Duration's one, Super Paint's another. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come with great, strong, super warranties. And when you read the ASTM testing and you look at the adhesion ability and the degree of elongation and the sure. thickness of it, you can tell it's a lot better than paint and it can be tinted to any color. When you look at doing a job like that and compare it to Color Plus, it's, it's about the same. I mean, we're talking a few hundred dollars. Cost is almost Not the same. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you do a color plus, are you also in the? I mean, 
you're going to have to do every piece of exterior wood on your house, right? I mean, at, at that point, I mean, if you want to... Well, they don't make everything in Color Plus. That's another thing. That is correct, yes. Yeah. So when, when you can't get everything in Color Plus, and this is one of the things I didn't like about it, and this is... And just to make sure everyone knows, we do not recommend Color Plus. Okay. Party Plant Color Plus, no. I'm getting that vibe. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, the reason is the pre-primed, which means it's, it comes with a primer on it, but it has to be, the finished coat has to be installed on site, which is what we do with our paint crews. Um, here's, here was my reasoning as a builder. Look, if I'm going to have to get my painters out there anyway to paint all these other trims, mm -hmm then why do I want to buy your product when I could just have them paint the entire siding while we're there? Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't like the touch-ups, like Scott was saying. I don't like the way they look. Uh, there's, that finish is so factory perfect that you cannot duplicate that. Like I said, unless I were to hire a custom automotive painter to get up on scaffolds and do that over, sure. and it would be cost prohibitive. And, uh, and, then, and then again, you know, if you ever get a ding on it or you, know, you hit, hit it with a weed eater, what are you, you're gonna end up with the same problem. You're yeah. gonna have a touch-up. The, the job site paint product that we use can be repaired and be invisible. Mm. The way that we paint and spray on a job site with a airless sprayer is a beautiful look. It is, it is not a factory automotive finish, but it is a beautiful look. It's what, what is very, very acceptable in the industry and nobody would ever even question it. But the beautiful thing, it can be touched up, it can be repaired later, it can be recoded, you can do all these things to it, and it blends in seamlessly. Mm -hmm. And the cost of installing that versus touching up, versus painting all that, and then the extra cost of Color Plus that you get initially, it really is, a, is almost the same thing. Sure. And we, we give a very long warranty on our painted product. I mean, you, you can just think about how well paint sticks to Hardy anyway by thinking about if you've ever dropped uh, a little drip of paint on concrete. Yeah. I'm sure all of us have seen somewhere where you've dropped a drop of dro a droplet of paint on concrete. Um, and the reason you can remember it is because it's still there today. Oh, yeah. you, you, can't, you can't get it off. If you drop latex paint or acrylic paint on concrete, it's still there today. It gets down to those grooves. Oh yeah, it just really adheres. Well, so, so paint on fiber, on fiber cement siding, i.e. hardy plank, is just a really good combination. Uh, nothing has ever stuck to siding as well as it has stuck to fiber cement. There has been no paint ever stuck to a wood siding that stuck as good as it did to concrete products. And, and so that's why it's such a natural combination. In, in wood siding applications, when you paint, you have to worry about blistering sometimes or, or backing away from the, the material. It gets a bubble or it gets a blister or it gets a bulge. Uh, that never happens with, with fiber cement. Mm -hmm. It bonds so well to it that you're, you, the only way that paint's ever going to wear out is it literally has to wear off layers from UV light mm -hmm. or scrubbing. And so that means that paint is on there better than any product you've ever seen before. Almost all wood eventually, when it gets moisture behind it, will start to repel the actual product. It'll mm -hmm. actually repel the siding. Even the primer sometimes will, will peel off with it when you get moisture in it. Now, since fiber cement is impervious to water, it, it doesn't rot, you're not going to have that problem. It becomes one with that fiber cement. The other thing is it's not going to have any insects eating it and trying to get in there and work its way through it and making it hollow behind the paint. And I've actually seen that with wood sidings. That doesn't happen with fiber cement. In addition to that, it's 
it's uh, fireproof. It's it's fire resistant, so it's yeah. not going to burn like wood sidings do. Even these imitation wood sidings that have uh, press boards and MDF medium density fiber boards and OSB products, which are oriented strand board mm -hmm. uh, that are high pressure glued and laminated together, they're very very impact resistant, and that's one of the things that just you know, made me one of the advantages of of it. But the the negatives, mm -hmm. the cons against it, are that it can eventually decompose, and fiber cement will not. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. You know, I think it's cool because you're such a big like. I mean, you're you're almost a finished snob. Like you really appreciate high end finishes. We were at a uh, project we did the other day, and you were talking about just the finishing on this uh, door trim. And, mm -hmm. You know, Keith almost got his like cheek against the. Yeah, feel feel how smooth. Yeah, this, this, it felt this like a baby. It felt like a baby's butt. It really did. Now and, with Hardy and all this stuff like that, because I know you're big on Hardy. Like, are there other things that you're big on? I mean, do, are, are we a Hardy only company? I mean, what's what, what are your uh, thoughts no, on it? No, no, we're not. I mean, this this um, podcast is about Hardy, and we obviously do believe in it. Okay, but not out. There's not a one size fits all siding program for for all clients. Mm -hmm. And so we, we offer different products. Now, I actually think that, you know, if you want to step up and you want to say about maybe investing a little more, we have other products that we would love to talk to you about that can offer maybe a little more our value to your home. Mm -hmm. And if you want zero, literally zero maintenance, there's products like that, that that can actually offer zero maintenance. Now, Hardy Plank is about the next thing to it because you're probably going to go 20 years without a paint job mm -hmm. or 25. If you, if you go with a lifetime paint product over it, you know, you maybe still have to do some caulking. But there is a product, and we'll talk about another one. It's called Select, which is spelled C-E-L-E-C-T. And we'll be talking about that in another podcast. And that's that's got an R value and a permanent finish on it. Really? Yeah, and so it's a cellular product. It's completely different than Hardy. Uh, and both are just excellent products. So we'd be love to talk to you about y'all in the next uh, one of the next podcasts. It's exciting times to kind of be in all these new products, all the stuff coming out. You can have a chance to you know really see where the building industry is going over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, and so we've got a lot of homes that we could show you how you could walk, you could touch, you could feel uh, in the Hardy Plank. It's been around. We've done a lot of them. We've got videos on them too. We talk about technical aspects of it. So y'all should check out our videos on those. And uh, we've also got this, this other product. We've got videos of it. We've got some really cool outdoor decking products. One of them is the Zuri Decking that we'll be talking about also. And it is those two products, Select and Zuri Decking, are like the king prime, yeah. prime products. If you want the best, check this out. We'll probably have some of that at our Home and Garden Show too. Oh, that's amazing. Scott, do you have anything to add about this Hardy installation or Hardy or just about the three kings here at the table or anything? You know, I never thought that I would be able to... And Scott's got a great hairdo, by the way. If you're watching say, on a video, yeah. like, we're, we're both, we're, we're the bald-headed brothers here. Right. <laughs> Sorry, right. go ahead. You never I, thought what? I, I never thought I would... And there's really nothing more to say. I, I believe that we covered this in really good depth. Uh, warranties, installation, uh, why we believe in doing it a certain way. I really don't have anything to add. Well, well let me tell you, I, I, I can't wait to go I back know. and listen to this. This, this <laughs> thing's, I, it's a wealth of knowledge. I learned a lot. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, always, you know, putting your education out there to everyone else so we can always, you know, better the industry as much as we can. I'm pretty, I've always appreciate you bringing the customer point of view on it, hey, too, Justin. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that benefited everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Remodeler podcast. You can find the show notes to this episode at knbuilders.com slash podcast. 
Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram by searching KM Builders.